Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is an ABC News special. America's health care debate. After all the votes have been tallied, health insurance reform becomes law in the United States of America. Obamacare has to be replaced. Our nation's health care system today is broken and only getting worse under the current law known as the Affordable Care Act. We came really close today, but we came up short. I'm disappointed because we could have had it. From ABC News headquarters, here is correspondent Aaron Katursky. This was supposed to be a triumphant day for President Trump and the Republicans. We're all on the same page. The Republicans all want the same thing. They want to get rid of Obamacare and give people the, the control and the options that they that they want, the, the quality that they need, and the affordability they deserve. This is the chance today to deliver all of those things in the House. In the morning, White House Budget Director Mick Mulvaney told ABC News the GOP was united in support of a bill to overhaul the Affordable Care Act. We had Democrats, Republicans, we had conservatives, we had moderates, we had everybody through the White House. I think we had 100 members of Congress through the White House yesterday. Uh, the, the, uh, the president's a tremendous salesperson, a tremendous closer. Uh, I wouldn't count him out. The votes, though, were far from certain. Conservatives and moderates alike revolted. Vice President Pence canceled a trip and stayed in Washington to try and cajole recalcitrant Republicans. Health Secretary Tom Price rushed to Capitol Hill. House Speaker Paul Ryan went to the White House to inform the president he lacked the votes. Even as the administration spokesman Sean Spicer reminded the majority, this is our moment. We're going to continue to work in, as late as we can to get the votes. And, and as I said, the, the upside is that you know, we continue to pick up votes. People continue to, to say that they want to be us. The question is, can we get to 216? The numbers were not there. And despite the president's earlier insistence on a vote, Speaker Ryan pulled the bill from the House floor where it was certain to fail. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Doing big things is hard. All of us, all of us, myself included, we will need time to reflect on how we got to this moment, what we could have done to do it better. The president blamed Democrats, even though he faced a mutiny in his own party, especially from the so-called Freedom Caucus, the group of conservatives that wanted to erase every bit of Obamacare. I'm disappointed because we could have had it. Uh, so I'm disappointed. I'm a little surprised, to be honest with you. But President Trump refused to dwell and sought to quickly move on. We will probably start going very, very strongly for the big tax cuts and tax reform. That'll be next. We'll explore later this hour whether that's any easier territory after de a defeat for the president on health care. The bill pulled minutes before a vote in the House, forcing the president and the Republicans to retreat on a campaign promise, and House Speaker Ryan conceded Obamacare remains the law of the land. And so we begin at the Capitol. Say good evening to ABC's congressional correspondent, Mary Bruce. So the Republicans giving up, Mary? That's the big question, right? For seven years, they have promised to repeal and replace Obamacare, and now they seem to be closing that chapter, admitting that they're moving on to other things. As Speaker Ryan was asked how he plans to explain this to his constituents, how their members will face 
people back home. And Speaker Ryan even said, that's a very good question. Mary, what happened today? How did this all unfold? That is a very good question. It was such a scramble, Aaron. This was a frantic race to try and push this over the finish line. Over the last 24 hours, man, I gotta tell you, I must have walked miles throughout the Capitol building trying to chase down the various factions of the Republican Party. Essentially what happened is that the ultra-conservatives simply dug in. They, no matter what concessions were offered, no matter what was put on the table, they said it simply wasn't enough. And despite all of the negotiating, the late-night talks, the phone calls with the president, the, the meetings up at the White House, it just wasn't enough to get this done. They were given some concessions, but it simply wasn't what they wanted. It wasn't enough for them. Now, here's the other thing. Every single time the concessions were offered to, to the far right, to the conservative Freedom Caucus, it didn't sit well with the moderates. So you had this bit of a seesaw where every time you would offer more things to the to the conservatives, it meant that they were losing support amongst the moderates. And they kept going back and forth and back and forth and stuck in the middle with Speaker Ryan, who couldn't seem to achieve a balance, couldn't achieve, couldn't achieve enough votes to finally push it over the finish. A wild day at the Capitol. ABC's Mary Bruce thanks our, our chief congressional correspondent. For the negotiator-in-chief, this was one deal he could not close. And ABC's Karen Travers is with us now from her post at the White House. Karen, the president said today he learned a lot. He did. He said that he learned about the legislative process and how the rules work in the Senate and the House, and he called it interesting. But Aaron, he also said he was disappointed. Uh, he couldn't deny that. And he said he was also a little bit surprised uh, if he had to be honest with the press that he was speaking to. He also is saying now that he is expecting Democrats to come to him and that Democrats will want to work with the White House on fixes for the Affordable Care Act. And he lamented the lack of support from the minority party. But, Aaron, there was no any reasonable expectation that Democrats were ever going to sit down at the table and talk about this. And there was no effort to bring them into this. This was a Republican bill. And it was because of a lack of Republican support that it didn't get passed. But the president today choosing not to speak ill will of his own party, saying he doesn't blame Paul Ryan, the House Speaker, for this, but instead pointing the finger of sorts at, at Democrats and, and goading them to uh, start joining the White House in another conversation about health care. ABC's Karen Travers with us from the White House. Don't go far, Karen. I want to bring Steve Roberts, our political analyst, into the conversation. So, Steve, is somehow the onus now on Democrats to fix Obamacare? No. Um, uh, look, the uh, Republicans have uh, repeatedly campaigned on the idea of replacing Obamacare. It was their idea. It was their campaign promise. It's up to them to make good on that promise. There was never any possibility that any Democrats would cooperate in an effort to replace the single most important piece of um, domestic legislation that was passed during eight years of uh, Barack Obama's administration. Um, that was never going to happen. Now, uh, if uh, the Republicans are willing to talk about making minor fixes in Obamacare to make it better, um, then I think the Democrats would talk. But that's a far, far cry from repealing and replacing Obamacare, which was the rallying cry on the campaign. So it's very, very hard to see how uh, Trump gets away with blaming the Democrats on this one. Aaron. And it was a popular rallying cry, but this particular bill never really uh, galvanized public opinion. It never did. Um, if you look at the latest Quinnipiac poll, 56% of Americans said they did not 
uh, like the Republican bill, only 17 percent, an astoundingly low number, said that they were in favor of it. Um, for many reasons, including the fact that the Congressional Budget Office issued a report saying that 24 million uh, people would lose coverage um, over the course of this bill. You also had, um, it didn't get a lot of attention, but a lot of interest groups, uh, uh, hospitals, doctors, uh, lobbied against this bill. And so did a lot of organized, uh, organized interest groups that represent uh, different diseases, Parkinson's, cancer, did enormous uh, uh, campaigns to flood Capitol Hill with phone calls saying, be against this bill. So it was not just the Freedom Caucus and the hardline conservatives who opposed this legislation. It never generated uh, uh, that uh, very much uh, popular support, Aaron. Steve Roberts is the ABC News political analyst. We're also with Karen Travers, our White House correspondent. Uh, Karen, what a week for Mr. Trump. It began with the FBI director publicly debunking his wiretap claim and now pulling the plug on a campaign issue. Where does he go from here? Well, the White House says that the policy issue they want to focus on next is tax reform, big tax cuts, as well as reforming the tax code. That's a really complicated issue, and it may even be more difficult than health care at this point. But that's something that the president wants to jump in with both feet on. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see him more engaged, perhaps, in the legislative portion of that uh, game plan. Because on this, this was really Paul Ryan's bill. The president didn't come in until after. After it was drafted, after it was presented to the public, then the president jumps in as the closer, the art of the deal maker, the salesman. Remember, the White House said he was going to go all in on that sales pitch. That was his role in all of this. Ultimately, he couldn't deliver. But you never really got a sense that he was, uh, you know, really enthused about the nitty gritty details of health care. When he talked about it on the campaign trail, it wasn't about the policy. It was about black. Lasting Obamacare and talking about how terrible it was. I think the best line just a few weeks after he took office was when the president acknowledged that health care is an unbelievably complex subject. Nobody knew it could be so complicated. And in fact, today he said there were certainly things he could have liked better about the bill, although he did not get specific. It's ABC's Karen Travers with us from the White House. More from Karen coming up. And promises made, promises broken, when this ABC News special continues. You're listening to an ABC News special, America's Healthcare Debate. Once again, here is correspondent Aaron Katursky. A setback today for President Trump and his first legislative clash after health care reform gets pulled. We'll hear from the president in a moment. ABC's Andy Field tells us the bill was going to fail, even after seven years of opposition. We're going to repeal and replace Obamacare. We have no choice. That was President Trump's campaign no mantra for nearly two years, and many Republicans were on board, including California's Tom McClintock. Obamacare's collapsing. Premiums are skyrocketing. Providers are fleeing. This may well be our last off-ramp uh, on this road to ruin. And right up until the vote, the president's spokesman, Sean Spicer, refused to even discuss a plan B. It's going to pass. So that's it. Democrats and a growing number of Republicans were convinced it wouldn't because, as the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office reported, it offered less coverage and higher costs for too many Americans. Democrat John Yarmuth. Insurers will be able to sell stripped-down coverage to weed out people with pre-existing conditions. 
They will be able to refuse, for example, to offer coverage for chemotherapy drugs and cancer treatments, insulin pumps. But even a few weeks ago, the president insisted that would not happen. I want to make sure that nobody's dying on the streets when I'm president. Nobody's going to be dying on the streets. We will unleash something that's going to be terrific. But Republicans always knew it wouldn't be easy. Every promise made to the American people in support of Obamacare was rapidly broken. Former House Speaker John Boehner in Florida admitting that in his quarter century in Congress, Republicans, quote, never, ever agreed on what a health care plan would look like. Not once. Aaron? ABC's Andy Field at the Capitol. President Trump spoke at the White House moments after the bill was pulled. Thank you very much. Uh, We were very close. Uh, It was a very, very tight margin. We had no Democrat support. We had no votes from the Democrats. Uh, They weren't going to give us a single vote, so it's a very difficult thing to do. I've been saying for the last year and a half that the best thing we can do, politically speaking, is let Obamacare explode. It is exploding right now. It's uh, many states have big problems. Almost all states have big problems. I was in Tennessee the other day, and they've lost half of their state in terms of an insurer. They have no insurer, and that's happening to many other places. I was in Kentucky the other day, and similar things are happening. So Obamacare is exploding. With no Democrat support, we couldn't quite get there. We're just a very small number of votes short in terms of getting our bill passed. A lot of people don't realize how good our bill was because they were viewing phase one. But when you add phase two, which was mostly the signings of Secretary Price, who's behind me, and you add phase three, which I think we would have gotten, it became a great bill. Premiums would have gone down and it would have been very stable, would have been very strong. But that's okay. But we were very, very close. And um, again, I think what will happen is Obamacare, unfortunately, will explode. It's going to have a very bad year. Last year, you had over 100 percent increases in various places. In Arizona, I understand it's going up very rapidly again, like it did last year. Last year was 116 percent. Many places, 50, 60, 70 percent. I guess it averaged whatever the average was very, very high. And this year should be much worse for Obamacare. So what would be really good with no Democrat support, if the Democrats, when it explodes, which it will soon, if they got together with us and got a real health care bill, I'd be totally open to it. And I think that's going to happen. I think the losers are Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, because now they own Obamacare. They own it, 100 percent own it. And this is not a Republican health care. This is not anything but a Democrat health care. And they have Obamacare for a little while longer until it ceases to exist, which it will at some point in the near future. And just remember, this is not our bill. This is their bill. Now, when they all become civilized and get together and try and work out a great health care bill for the people of this country, we're open to it. We're totally open to it. I want to thank the Republican Party. I want to thank Paul Ryan. He worked very, very hard. I will tell you that. He worked very, very hard. Uh, Tom Price and Mike Pence, who's right here, our vice president, our great vice president. Uh, Everybody worked hard. I worked as a team player and would have loved to have seen it pass. But again, uh, I think you know I was very clear because I think there wasn't a speech I made or very few where I didn't mention that 
perhaps the best thing that could happen is exactly what happened today, because we'll end up with a truly great health care bill in the future after this mess known as Obamacare explodes. So I want to thank everybody for being here. Uh, it will go very smoothly, I really believe. I think this is something that certainly was an interesting period of time. We all learned a lot. We learned a lot about loyalty. We learned a lot about uh, the vote-getting process. We learned a lot about some very arcane rules in, obviously, both the Senate and in the House. Uh, so it's been, certainly for me, it's been a very interesting experience. But in the end, I think it's going to be an experience that leads to an even better Healthcare plan. So thank you all very much, and I'll see you soon. President Trump earlier today at the White House blaming Democrats after a Republican mutiny scuttled the health care overhaul and predicting American health care is going to explode. ABC News political director Rick Klein joins us now. Rick, what an incredible 48 hours. It has been a whirlwind, Aaron. It's almost unprecedented in the, the pace of activity and the ups and the downs. It's been all over the place. At first, the White House expressed such confidence, and there was a real feeling that after seven years, the Republicans were going to do what they promised, indeed what the president promised he would do on day one. The stars looked like they were aligned, and that's why you had this brash attitude from both President Trump and Speaker Ryan and the House Republicans that said, we can do this. We, we, we know how to do this. We can get our members on board. And they were hoping that success would breed success, not just inside of health care, although they hoped that that would lead to the Senate, but also for the broader agenda. This was supposed to be the easy stuff, the low-hanging fruit, because Republicans agreed repeal and replace. But what this exposed was that that was never really a policy. And this fast action, this brash move toward a quick vote, that ignored the legislative realities and the fact that there are four 435 members of Congress who represent individual districts and even Republicans that are loyal to the president didn't want to do something that would adversely affect the way their constitu constituents viewed them. So they never did the hard work on the front end. They were hoping that the, the, the force of Trump's personality would overcome any resistance. And it turned out to be the opposite. They went in the wrong direction. And you knew when it was House Speaker Paul Ryan going to the White House instead of the White House going to the Capitol to, to cajole the votes that things were coming off the rails. That's the moment that you, you knew that they didn't have the votes. And then the question becomes for President Trump, do you want to go through the motions anyway? Do you want to put people on the spot? Do you want to take names? Or do you want to cut your losses for the day and move on to other items in the agenda? Ultimately, they chose the latter. But the fact of this uh, extraordinary series of events that went from the, the, the quick and brash promises that they would definitely get this passed all the way to having to pull it, it's remarkable. And it is a statement on the limits of Trumpism. It's a statement on the limits of Paul Ryan's influence as the policy wonk who then couldn't deliver the votes. And to me, it's democracy in action. You had members of Congress, individual members of Congress who said, no, this is not what I want, notwithstanding the person who tells me that I want it. It never seemed to make sense to me that the bill would go forward without assurance that it would pass. Why was there such a rush to vote? The calculation by the White House was that time was not their friend. The longer this stood out there, 
the more people would take aim at it. And that's been the history with other health care bills, particularly with Republicans who've had a hard time agreeing on things, that there wouldn't be such a thing as a, as a pure alternative, that the slogan of repealing Obamacare was easy, but the actual piece of governing for all of the consensus they pretended to have, it was never really there. So fast action, all within three or four weeks. That was the only prescription for success that they saw. And that's why they decided to go big with it. And it ended up backfiring. But it was it was a bold call by the president. Uh, and it has obvious repercussions for the rest of the governing agenda. But I think the, the, the initial strategy is in keeping with the Trump personality, which is he's here to do big things. And his own force of personality can make those things happen. Our political director, Rick Klein, more from him coming up in a moment. Democrats said today Americans can breathe a sigh of relief, but the president said the current law was imploding and soon will explode. We're going to hear from House Speaker Paul Ryan, who spoke today of growing pains and how this was a disappointing day. And a look at the origin of this debate when this ABC News special continues. Stay with us. Listening to an ABC News special, America's Healthcare Debate. Once again, here is correspondent Aaron Katursky. The House declined to vote on a bill today to partially repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act. The measure rolled back the expansion of Medicaid, eliminated the individual mandate to buy health insurance, and no longer required insurance companies to cover certain basic health services. Republicans on the right and in the center balked, and House Speaker Paul Ryan pulled the bill. You've all heard me say this before. Moving from an opposition party to a governing party comes with growing pains. And, well, we're feeling those growing pains today. We came really close today, but we came up short. I spoke to the president just a little while ago, and I told him that the best thing I think to do is to pull this bill, and he agreed with that decision. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Doing big things is hard. All of us. All of us, myself included, we will need time to reflect on how we got to this moment, what we could have done to do it better. But ultimately, this all kind of comes down to a choice. Are all of us willing to give a little to get something done? Are we willing to say yes to the good, to the very good, even if it's not the perfect? Because if we're willing to do that, we still have such an incredible opportunity in front of us. There remains so much that we can do to help improve people's lives, and we will. Because that's, I gotta tell you, that's why I'm here. And I know it's why every member of this conference is here, to make this a better country. We want American families to feel more confident in their lot in life. We want the next generation to know that, yes, the best days of this country are still ahead of us. I'm really proud of the bill that we produced. It would make a dramatic improvement in our healthcare system and provide relief by people hurting under Obamacare. And what's probably most troubling is the worst is yet to come with Obamacare. I'm also proud of the long, inclusive, member-driven process that we had. Any member who wanted to engage constructively to offer ideas to improve this bill, they could. And I want to thank so many members who helped make this bill better. A lot of our members put a lot of hard work, work into this. I also want to thank the president. I want to thank the vice president. I want to thank Tom Price, Mick Mulvaney, and the entire White House team. The president gave his all in this effort. He did everything he possibly could to help people see the opportunity that we have with this bill. He's really been fantastic. Still, we got to do better and we will. I absolutely believe that. This is a setback, no two ways about it. But it is not the end of the story. 
because I know that every man and woman in this conference is now motivated more than ever to step up our game, to deliver on our promises. I know that everyone is committed to seizing this incredible opportunity that we have, and I sure am. Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House, earlier today, who said the Affordable Care Act will remain in place for the foreseeable future. I want to turn back to our political director, Rick Klein, now. Uh, Rick, this was a, a second defeat for the president after his travel ban crumbled in court. Is there a crack in the armor now? This diminishes President Trump. He came in with this almost mystical quality of, of, of having figured out politics, and professional politicians were in awe at what he had done. And part of that mystique was the dealmaker-in-chief, was the idea that he could come in and use the same kind of tricks and traits that brought a, a billion-dollar brand that won the presidency to governing. That's what he promised his voters. And I think there was an element of even hardened, seasoned members of Congress who were ready to see this in action. Uh, and there was a sense all along of he's been underestimated before. He cuts these deals. This is what he does. And it was a trust us. We know what we're doing element to it. Uh, but I think the failure, and it was a failure, an abject and total rejection by their own members, that takes away from anything that Donald Trump could offer going forward. You only have that first opportunity to make that impression on lawmakers. And if he had pulled this off, he would be riding high and be talking about the unprecedented, incredible power of this president to get something done against all odds. The flip side is he is shown to have been not successful in exactly the kind of thing that he hoped and he promised he'd win on. And it was a second straight defeat after his travel ban got hung up in the courts. Now he's unable to deliver uh, a majority of his own members for the uh, repeal and replacement of Obamacare. How does he go forward? And also in a week that bookended by the, the unprecedented slap down by the director of the FBI, he has, he has lost control. He has lost credibility. Two-thirds of the way through those first hundred days, he has no legislative accomplishments, and he has sacrificed a, a good deal of the, of the goodwill he might have had with, among both Democrats and Republicans. I, I believe they're going to have to start small now. They're going to have to build up and learn the lessons of this legislative loss uh, and and the, the amazing setback that they had on the on the floor of the house and find a way forward that's more inclusive with members more humble in its approach uh, feedback i heard from members of congress was that they, they just didn't get it they had had some pros there but they didn't seem to be listening to the professional opinion they have to eat some crow here this was a major loss and there's really no way to spin it the president expressed a desire to move on to tax reform is that any safer ground I don't see where the consensus in the Republican Party is on tax reform. In fact, the same dynamics that this exposed, which is a, a far right that the Tea Party Freedom Caucus folks who are true purists uh, when it comes to policy, they are just as uncomfortable with tax reform that doesn't purely cut taxes. President Trump wants to raise taxes on some groups. That's part of his package in addition to tax cuts. So I, I don't know what they can do. Infrastructure is even more complicated. That's an area where Democrats are excited to hear about the new tax dollars that could go into building roads and bridges. So I don't know where the easy ground is. The reason that they chose uh, health care as the first off was that it was supposed to pave the way for things. They were hoping that uh, an, an easy, quick win on health care would allow them to do some of the harder things down the road. And uh, that didn't pay off. That actually backfired in a major way. ABC News political director Rick Klein. I want to bring our White House correspondent Karen Travers back into the conversation. Karen, do you sense any regrets at the White House that the president really did as his spokesman said today, leave everything on the field to make Americans understand this? 
there will certainly be the questions now, now that the game is over. But the White House insisted that the president did everything he could. They said he spoke to 120 members of Congress. He had meetings at the White House. He went up to Capitol Hill. He sent his top advisors to Capitol Hill. And sure, he was wooing lawmakers. Ultimately, that proved to not be successful. But he didn't do a big speech to the nation. He did two rallies, one in Nashville and one in Louisville. But he didn't take this message out and sell it to the American public. And I think when you compare it to what President Obama did, that was a longer effort. That was over a year. But the president went out and made his case back in 2009 and 2010. So now while the White House will say the president worked very hard, and sure he did, I don't think anybody would take away what he's done in the past couple of weeks, maybe he could have done more. Maybe he could have made a case for this bill to the American people to get them on board to make phone calls to members of Congress so he didn't have to. ABC's Karen Trevers with us live from the White House. More from Karen and the rest of our powerhouse political team coming up. Also, what was in this bill and where did it fall apart? We'll look at that when this ABC News special continues. Listening to an ABC News special, America's Healthcare Debate. Once again, here is correspondent Aaron Katursky. House Speaker Paul Ryan all but admitted today the legislation he has spent years shaping was dead, saying doing big things is hard. As ABC's Brad Milkey tells us now, Ryan might find agreement on that from the architects of the law he was trying to dismantle. Aaron, it was just a month into his first term when President Obama announced to a joint session of Congress that he wanted to take on an issue that had bedeviled politicians for years. We can no longer afford to put health care reform on hold. We can't afford to do it. That set into motion the signature legislation of his presidency, the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. But it wasn't easy. For months, Obama wrangled liberals who wanted a single-payer system. In September of that year, to another joint session, he asked Democrats to come together. I believe it makes more sense to build on what works and fix what doesn't rather than try to build an entirely new system from scratch. At the same time, Obama had also enlisted moderate Republicans who might be willing to work with the Democratic majority, but that fragile coalition fell apart thanks in large part to a very unpopular provision. Individuals will be required to carry basic health insurance, just as most states require you to carry auto insurance. The individual mandate was originally proposed by a conservative think tank to keep healthy people in the insurance pool. But if anyone knew how politically unpopular it would be, it was Obama. He blasted Hillary Clinton for proposing it during the Campaign. If a mandate was the solution, uh, we could try that uh, to solve homelessness by mandating everybody buy a house. Backlash from the right had already begun, and that was before the Tea Party and death panels. Somebody's going to decide grandma's lived too long. By now, the bill had been dubbed Obamacare, clearly drawing the battle lines, and despite the president's soaring oratory. I'm not the first president to take up this cause, but I am determined to be the last. The death of Senator Ted Kennedy and the election of Republican Scott Brown meant the Democrats were suddenly vulnerable to a filibuster. Instead of finding a compromise, the White House decided to muscle through reconciliation bills with Republicans crying foul. We are done. The ACA eventually passed and President Obama signed it on March 30th, 2010, after more than a year of meetings, rewrites, and political brinksmanship. Today, right before that devastating legislative defeat, 64 days into the Trump administration, the White House said the president had done all he could do. Aaron. ABC's Brad Milkey for us. Uh, there were last minute changes that may have done more harm than good. ABC's Mary Alice Parks covers the Capitol for us. Republicans scrambled to appease conservatives. Mary Alice, what did they want? What did they get? 
You know, one of the things they're really pushing for was a scrap of these essential health care benefits. That was a key provision in the Obamacare law that mandated that insurance companies had to cover essential health services like maternity leave and hospitalization, prescription drugs, that every single plan sold uh, would have to cover those things. And they're controversial. You know, Democrats say they're really important um, consumer protections and Republicans, these hardline conservative Republicans, like you said, believed that they limited choice. Moderates had a problem with the bill, too. They said it took too much of a toll on on Medicaid. Exactly. You know, the Medicaid expansion under Obamacare uh, was really popular because it covered a lot of people, a lot of some of the the most vulnerable people in the country, Um, some of the poorest people, disabled um, folks, elderly, and even some Republican governors were really worried about what rolling back that expansion would mean for their residents. Did any of that ever get resolved? Were, were, were moderates ever comfortable with, with what had been in the bill? I think that moderates had a harder time being public about their opposition. Uh, the more hardline conservatives actually had a lot of political cover from big groups like the Heritage Foundation, who also didn't think that the bill went far enough as in terms of a pure repeal. Uh, moderates felt a little bit more worried about maybe being the one or two or third person out there that might really um, train wreck the whole thing. So to answer your question, uh, no, those issues never really got resolved. But I think that was part of the reason you didn't see the same focus on exactly who those members were and what negotiating they were doing because they had a harder time raising their hand. There was also a question about whether the the bill, had it gone forward, would have ultimately harmed veterans. Yeah, this was a really interesting um, technical issue. Uh, Again, you know, this was a bill that was done really, really last minute, and not everyone got to really digest the fine print. And and even the final bill itself, had it passed night, wouldn't have had a CBO score. So one of the questions there was whether or not veterans would have been able to be uh, to receive those tax credits to buy their own insurance. They didn't get them from employers. The way that that some people said the rules were written, they they actually wouldn't have been because they were technically eligible for coverage at VA hospitals. Some Republican staffers we talked to, you know, sort of that are scrambling behind closed doors, they said it's not true. The regulation doesn't work this way. But that's what happens when you have a bill that's written really fast, really last minute with last minute changes. People aren't sure how it would even work. And that created a lot of anxiety. ABC's Mary Alice Parks, who covers Congress for us, she's at the Capitol, where House Speaker Ryan made the decision moments before the vote to pull the bill. A day of drama ended in defeat for repeal and replace. We'll get some final thoughts from our political analyst, Steve Roberts. We'll also head back to the Capitol and the White House to relive more of this extraordinary day in the health care debate of America. I'm Aaron Katursky. Stay with us as this ABC News special continues. to an ABC News special, America's Healthcare Debate. Once again, here is correspondent Aaron Katursky. House Republicans abruptly pulled a redo of the nation's health care system today, leaving a major promise unfulfilled. I want to get some final thoughts on this extraordinary day from our powerhouse political team. ABC's Koki Roberts is with us. Koki, was this a surprise to you? 
total surprise. I had been saying, oh, come on, this is a bunch of phony stuff of Republicans pretending they don't have the votes so that they could say, oh, we have this huge victory when they did have the votes. And it was going to be close. These things are hard. Um, and there would be arm twisting and promises made and all of that. But you don't get this close to something when you are the brand new president of the United States with both houses in your party and uh, and lose. It's just extraordinary. ABC's Cokie Roberts. Let me turn to ABC News political analyst Steve Roberts. So, Steve, what does this do now to the president's credibility? Well, I think it's a major defeat. You know, this is a man who bragged, uh, I'm the uh, closer. I'm the winner. I can um, uh, negotiate anything. Uh, he had a lot riding on this. And, um, you know, in politics, winning breeds winning and losing breeds losing. And I think gonna be people are going to be less afraid of him. Uh, less um, uh, vulnerable to his pressures going forward. Already, his popularity had sunk to 37% uh, in the latest Gallup poll, uh, lowest of any president at this stage uh, since 1945. And I think this defeat only makes his uh, ability to use his persuasive powers, it's going to sap them even more going forward, Aaron. ABC's political analyst Steve Roberts, and we turn to the White House, ABC's Karen Travers. The president was quite confident that this was going to be easy, and he said he could do it uh, early on. And today, Karen, he was forced to say, I never really said 64 days into my presidency. No, he did say on day one, though, is when he wanted this process to start. And Aaron, this was the president's first foray into a legislative process from the boardroom to the halls of Congress. And it was a doozy. And it hits at the core of who President Trump is and what he campaigned on. On the trail, he said that repealing and replacing Obamacare and making it better and less expensive will be so easy. He even tweeted at one point, nobody can do it like me. Now, Washington is, of course, going to pick over this loss and look for why and when it went bad. But the key is, what do Trump supporters think about this? Whether they're disappointed, whether this dulls his shine to them, that's what the White House is going to be paying close attention to. Uh, Karen, the president said he would not ask Republican leaders to reintroduce the legislation. Instead, he said he would wait for the current law to explode. Yes, and that's something the president has been saying a lot recently, that 2017 is going to be a bad year for Obamacare. He's predicting that premiums are going to skyrocket and you're going to start seeing insurance companies leaving different parts of some states, as you've already seen in some places. And he said, you know, the politically easy thing to do would be just let that happen and let Obamacare implode and Democrats get the blame. He said the tough thing is trying to make changes. Well, that did not work out. And now we'll see how this plays out over the next couple of months. ABC's Karen. Travers with us from the White House after an extraordinary 48 hours. Health care reform, at least for now, is dead. I'm Aaron Katursky, ABC News. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 